I hoisted Sumpy out into the next-door apartment, then went back for her bag. Her eyelids pulsated open and shut, her eyes were wide with shock. I put her down on a sofa and draped some thick velour towels from Loverboy's closet around her. How many are in there? How many in there? What are you talking about? I'm talking about the policemen you said were coming round. I didn't let anybody in. I did what you said. I got straight in the shower. I've never been cleaner in my life. I heard the door ring, but I didn't answer it. What the hell's going on, Max? I'll explain it to you later. Not right now. Just do exactly as I say. Whoever rang your doorbell was no policeman. I replaced the panel and the tiles, then started rummaging in more of the closets. I found a smart Calvin Klein dress and a pile of silk Cornelia James headsquares. Either he kept them for his mistress or he liked dressing up himself. Either way, he had damn good taste. I got Sumpy into the dress and tied a scarf around her soaking hair, then got her over to the door. I looked out. The corridor was empty. We walked smartly out and I pressed the button for the elevator. My eyes were riveted to her apartment door. My right hand was inside my jacket clamped firmly round my gun, with the safety catch off, and the rate of fire control switched to the notch with three white dots, indicating that one squeeze of the trigger would unleash three short, round-nosed chunks of very hot lead to be delivered at 375 metres per second in the direction of my choice. I was certain someone had gone in there whilst she was in the shower and was waiting for her to come out. It wasn't going to take too long before whoever it was discovered that Sumpy had vanished down the plug hole. The lift arrived and the doors opened. As we stepped in, her door flew open and two hefty goons almost tripped over themselves in their rush to get out. The one in front, toting an automatic, saw us. Hey! You! Stop! He levelled the gun at us at the exact moment the elevator doors closed on us, sparing us from any dialogue. I hit the button for the basement and we started, mercifully, to descend. I think we should have stopped, Max. Sure we should. And had our heads blown off. Believe me, Sumpy, just believe me, those guys are not cops. I'll explain it all to you, but not right now. Right now, we've got to try and get out of here in one piece. I wondered whether the goons were running down the stairs or waiting for the next elevator. The lift wasn't quick, but however fast they ran, with the head start we had, I reckon we should get down and out of the lift a short way ahead of them. The doors opened at the basement onto a gaggle of people waiting to go up, and no sign of the goons. I ushered Sumpy out into the underground parking lot. Her conspicuous red Jensen was parked about four aisles down, but I didn't want her to take that. She'd never get past the posse outside. Apartment building parking lots are always spooky places, and this was no exception. Dim lighting, smell of warm oil, clicking sounds from warm radiators. Faint, heavy breathing of extractors. I had my gun out now and was watching the door behind me carefully. Sumpy still seemed very shocked, but there was no way I could explain anything to her right now. She was alive, with a fair chance of remaining so if she followed my instructions, and for the time being, she would have to be content with that. There was a green Buick right beside us. I tugged a key off my ring, shoved it in the door lock, and the catch popped up first try. I jumped into the driver's seat and pushed the key into the ignition. It took some fiddling and jiggling with the steering wheel. Then the wheel movement came free, the ignition light came on, the gas needle moved up around its dial. 
I floored the pedal and pushed the key hard over. The engine fired first time. I jumped out and shoveled Sumpy in. Drive out right now. Don't stop for anyone or anything. Drive 15 blocks, dump the car, get a cab straight to the travel lodge at Kennedy Airport, take a double room in the name of Mr. and Mrs. John Webb, and I'll join you as soon as I can. She looked at me and opened her mouth to speak. Go, I said. She went. I stood watching the doorway as she drove around, hit the electric door beam, and the corrugated metal door clanked up. She drove up, out, and off. I pulled another silk head square from my pocket and tied it around my head. Seated in her car, at a distance, I might just fool someone. I hoped. I ran over to the Jensen, put the key in the lock.